over a half century of business transformation and reinvention, one figure has persisted in the book trade. Len Riggio, the founder and chairman of Barnes & Noble, built a book-selling empire that remains the nation's largest, even if it is also the last of its kind. Welcome to Copyright Clearance Center's podcast series. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book. This week, the 75-year-old Riggio announced the next step in his long career. Andrew Albanese, senior writer at Publishers Weekly, joins me now as he does every Friday to tell us where Riggio is headed and what lies next for Barnes & Noble. Welcome back to Beyond the Book, Andrew. Hey there, Chris. Uh, so let's start with the top news of this week, and indeed it is news that bled far beyond the book business, and that is the retirement of Len Riggio from the company he founded, Barnes & Noble. Yes, big news indeed, if not unexpected news. Uh, Len Riggio this week said that he would be stepping down from Barnes & Noble, the company he built from a single college bookstore into the largest book chain in the country. Uh, Riggio has been heading the company since its inception in 1965. Uh, that's quite a run. And he told PW that he's done pretty much everything he wanted to do in business, and that he's now looking to focus on his philanthropic and social interests. He's going to officially step down in September. Paul Gunther, who's the former president of Payne Weber and a Barnes & Noble board member since 2015, has been named by the board as non-executive chairman, uh, and he'll be taking over for Riggio once Riggio steps down this fall. And Ron Boar, BNN CEO, is going to report directly to the board. Now, listeners can read more about Riggio's career on the PW website. Uh, in fact, Riggio was PW's uh, 2010 Publishing Person of the Year for his efforts to ramp up Barnes & Noble's digital efforts. Of course, Barnes & Noble, still the largest bricks-and-mortar bookseller in the country by far, uh, has faced immense pressure since the rise of e-books and the migration of book selling online, and its digital program that uh, Riggio really sort of uh, launched is uh, still resulting in deep losses, and the company's actually downsized quite a bit of it in the past few months. But despite these many challenges, Riggio is going to remain Barnes & Noble's largest shareholder, and he says he's confident that the company can get back to being a major force in what it does best, and that, of course, is retailing and book selling. So congratulations, I guess, is what we should say now to Mr. Riggio. It really was quite a career, uh, is quite a career, and of course, all eyes on Barnes & Noble to see how they do going forward. Indeed, and uh, listeners can hear it from Mr. Riggio himself. Uh, Beyond the Book has reposted his keynote to the 2011 Pub West conference, and, and during that conference he did some reminiscing, talked about the paperback revolution that preceded the e-book revolution, and it's a, it's a rather enjoyable listen as well. So check that out on beyondthebook.com. And, and uh, Andrew, on the subject of retailing and selling books, some not-so-good news from AAP this week, despite all all the positive talk uh, uh, from uh, the publisher's organization we've heard in recent months. In fact, the book business grew small in 2015. Tell us about that. Yeah, some sobering numbers indeed from the 1,205 publishers that contribute stats to the Association of American Publishers Stat Shop program. In uh, its first report on 2015 results, the organization found that industry sales fell 2.6% for the year compared to 2014, and revenue declined to 50 $15.41 billion from $15.82 billion in 2014. Only two of the seven major sectors
segments had an increase uh, in sales for the year. Sales of adult books rose 2.2% in 2015 to $4.9 billion, uh, while sales of religious presses were up about 1.2%. Higher ed and K-12 instructional materials were hit pretty hard, with sales dropping 7.2% and 4.1% respectively. And sales in the children's YA category dropped 3.2% in the year, uh, with revenue from reporting companies dropping to about $1.7 billion. And I think there's a few interesting points to be made there. And the first is that we've noted on this program before how publishing is really sort of a hits-driven business these days. And that really is especially true in the kids' YA segment. There were some big books in 2015, of course, but without the mega-selling Veronica Ross and John Green's piling up the sales, it's pretty hard to keep pace. But the second and more interesting part to me in the kids and YA category is the cratering of ebook sales. In fact, AAP reporting publishers reported a 43.3% drop in children's and YA ebook sales. And I just think this is a staggering decline. And while industry officials are quick to stress my first point, you know, in 2014, they'll say ebook sales benefited from just huge sales of divergent, etc. I have to say a decline on the order of 43.3% has to call into question the general allure of the ebook format to young readers. And these are kids that are glued to their devices, but clearly they're not reading on them. Well, right. That's the point, isn't it? Those devices are for almost everything else but reading. So when it comes to adults and adult ebooks, they've also posted a decline, which is what you expected as well. Yeah, so that's right. The ebook category declined 9.5% from 2014. Uh, and that too is a pretty eye opening figure. You know, we've spoken many times on this show about what might be driving that decline. There are pricing issues, for example, with the return to the agency model. But the fact is, 2015 saw some pretty major publications, right? There was a new Fifty Shades book, a new Harper Lee, a new Franzen. And yet overall, adult sales dropped 2.2%. And the news is, is not pretty, pretty much across the board. Mass market pay Paperback sales dropped 7.3% in 2015, and hardcover sales dipped 0.5%. So where were the bright spots? Trade paperbacks, boosted by sales of adult coloring books. <laughs> they finished up a pretty hefty 16.2%. Downloadable audio also continues to show real strength. It was up uh, a 38.9%, a pretty staggering leap for digital audio, which is really starting to come into its own. Now, as you say, there's been a lot of talk about the stabilization of the industry and the rebound of print. And we heard a lot of that optimism in London at the London Book Fair just uh, a few weeks ago. But with BEA just days away, the AAP figures, I think, have to be somewhat of concern, especially uh, in the digital realm, because when 100% of your growth over the last decade was in digital, was in eBooks, and that growth turns into a 10% decline, I think it's time for action. Now, what those actions are, I am not exactly sure, but I don't think this is a wave that you can just ride. Absolutely not. Not a wave you can ride for long, at least. And as you say, uh, uh, we'll certainly be listening to the chatter at Book Expo coming up uh, next month uh, in Chicago uh, for what it is that publishers may plan to do about all of that. Andrew Albanese, thanks so much for joining us. Senior writer of Publishers Weekly. He's here every Friday with the latest book news. Thanks so much. My pleasure, as always.
Beyond the Book is produced by Copyright Clearance Center, a global rights licensing technology and content workflow organization. At CCC, we serve more than 35,000 customers and 15,000 copyright holders worldwide. Copyright Clearance Center manages more than 950 million rights from the world's most sought-after journals, books, blogs, movies, and more. You can follow Beyond the Book on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and subscribe to the free podcast series on iTunes or at our website, beyondthebook.com. Our engineer and co-producer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. I'm Christopher Keneally. Join us again soon on Beyond the Book. 